Imagine connecting your brain to a computer, not in a sci-fi, human-robot hybrid kind of way, but through an interface that unlocks boundless potential within our minds. That's Neuralink. Elevator's pitch at its best. Chris, you hooked me in right away. Now, the question is, how do we translate such compelling storytelling into our own pitch decks? Intriguing. Not only did it spark curiosity, but it also gave a voracious glimpse of a huge potential for innovation. Worth noting, though, is it the audacious vision that intrigued us? Or was it the compelling way it was presented? I think it's a mix of both. A great pitch does need to have a unique and innovative idea, but it's how you present that idea that really grabs the audience. That's why storytelling is very crucial. Then again, achieving this isn't necessarily easy. You said about how you present it. Might be interesting to uncover what makes a pitch go from merely explaining the idea to being engaging and gripping. Can something as simple as the delivery make such a huge difference? Absolutely, Jiwoo. Consider the difference between a monotone delivery of a fantastic idea versus a vocally expressive and enthusiastic showcase of the same. It's in our anticipation and curiosity that we find engagement. What if our introduction was, we just make great AI-powered photography tools? Well, that's straightforward, but it lacks the wow factor. It's pretty much like saying we sell cars in an automobile pitch. Let's give it more context, spin it around a bit. How about, at Click AI, we're reshaping the boundaries of photography, creating AI-powered tools that enable humans to capture moments like never before. You painted a larger picture there, a vision, the impact. Exactly, Jiwoo. It's about showing both the what and the why up front. Now, let's do a little role play. Olivia, pitch the same idea, but in a monotone, straight-faced way. At Click AI, we're reshaping the boundaries of photography, creating AI-powered tools that enable humans to capture moments like never before. There was nothing wrong with the words, but you lost me midway. There's a lack of energy. Exactly. Here, the words are right, but the delivery is not. Let's try with more enthusiasm. At Click AI, we're reshaping the boundaries of photography. With our AI-powered tools, you now have the power to capture moments like never before. How was that? Much better. It's the same words, but delivered in a way that really pulls the audience in. It's all about making an emotional connection from the start. How do you use humor in a pitch, Chris? Humor, Olivia, can be effective but risky. It's not about cracking jokes, it's about incorporating lighter, relevant notes to ease the tension. How about you, Jiwoo? Any thoughts? I'd say humor needs to come naturally to you. If it does, it's a great tool to connect with your audience, to show them a glimpse of your personality. So, it's more about being authentic, rather than forcing a laugh. And what about the tactic of sharing personal stories to establish connection early on? Personal connections are powerful. Intertwining a relevant personal story can make a narrative more captivating. What if you shared how your hiking adventures ignited your passion for AI-powered photography? That would definitely resonate with those in the audience with a love for outdoors or technology. It could also make our mission more relatable. I believe personal connections should be meaningful and not overly exploited. If people feel you're just sharing to manipulate emotions, it could backfire. You're right, Jiwoo. At the end of the day, intimacy shouldn't overshadow the main goal, which is to effectively communicate company's mission and value. 
Ensuring this balance is the real art of the introduction. Pitching a startup is like telling a story. Yes, and it's important to present it as a captivating narrative. Definitely. A story is a potent way to create an emotional connection with your investors. Exactly. I've seen pitches crafted as a journey from identifying the problem to finding the perfect solution. I agree. And these narratives, presented in a structured manner, can strike a chord with investors. But I'm not exactly sure how to build such a structure. Chris, could you explain more about this aspect? Well, in my experience, the power of a strong narrative lies in its familiarity. Basic narrative structures humans have loved since childhood can be extremely useful. These can range from the hero's journey, where your startup is shown as a hero carving his way through adversity, to triumph, to David and Goliath, where you're the small player challenging the big guys. Choosing the narrative structure that fits your startup best can greatly enhance your pitch. I've definitely seen that in action. The startups that have successfully woven their mission into an engaging narrative have stood out the most. Interesting. So, once the narrative structure is chosen, how would you recommend building it effectively? I found it useful to start with the initial spark. This shows your investors why the company exists in the first place and what has motivated you to solve the problem your startup aims to address. Got it. It's about making your story compelling, but also motivational. This is something I feel is often lost in narrative constructions. True. And remember, while crafting the narrative, keep it simple. Your goal is to convey your company's value in a way that's easily understood and memorable. That makes sense. So we're actually giving a shape to our startup's journey, in a way that investors can understand and appreciate. Sharing your company's mission in the pitch deck is a crucial part of creating an emotional connection with investors. However, to make it compelling, there's an art that needs to be mastered. Could you elaborate more on making a compelling mission statement, Chris? I've always focused more on the aesthetics of my pitches and struggled with the wording. Absolutely, Jiwoo. It's important to convey why your brand exists, what you hope to achieve, and what makes you unique. The mission statement should resonate with your target customers, and it can't just be about financial gain. And it's not just about the wording, right? How you say it is equally important. If you're not authentic and passionate about your own mission, people will sense it. Exactly, Olivia. You might have the most perfect script, but if you don't believe in what you're saying, your audience will notice. It has to be something you're genuinely passionate about. I see. It's about convincing not just with words, but also with the emotion behind them. Any tips on how to include the mission statement in the introduction? Well... The mission statement should naturally and smoothly find its place within your narrative. It should provide a glimpse into the why behind your startup and the larger social or environmental context it fits into. All right, let's face it, guys. Not every pitch starts perfectly. Yeah, that resonates. I've definitely had moments when I've stumbled over my words during that crucial first paragraph. It's not as uncommon as we'd like to think. Even the greatest presenters have bad days. It's about knowing the right strategies to bounce back. Exactly. And one of the critical aspects beyond the words is body language. Maintaining a confident posture can help uphold a positive first impression, even when the words fumble. We all know that your body speaks as loudly as your words. Absolutely. In fact, studies suggest that people are more likely to remember body language and overall demeanor longer than the context of what was said.
Yet ironically, it's something we often overlook. People tend to focus more on what they're saying, rather than how they're appearing while saying it. And on top of body language, we have to consider voice modulation as well. Even if your introduction wasn't as sharp as you'd hoped, full and resonant voice tonality can give the impression of confidence and control. That's interesting, but as someone who struggles with nerves, my voice tends to wobble. Any pointers on that? Breathing, Jiwoo. Deep and steady breathing can do wonders. It helps you control nervousness and eventually your voice. As with everything else, practice is key. Try practicing in front of the mirror or record yourself to understand how you can improve your overall presentation. Absolutely. And if you do happen to stumble, don't let it affect the rest of your pitch. Acknowledge the hiccup in a light-hearted way and move on. Remember, everyone values a good recovery. Such perspective can definitely alter the way we see those first few seconds of a pitch. So, let's discuss how significant tone setting is during the opening of a pitch. Olivia, how crucial do you think it is to set the right tone in the introduction? I believe it's paramount, Chris. The introduction is essentially a microcosm of your entire pitch. If the tone doesn't align, it can lead to a mismatch in expectations. Whether it's solemn or humorous, authoritative or humble, the tone needs to be consistent with the overall pitch. It's like setting the bass note in music. Everything that follows resonates with this bass, creating harmonic consistency. That's a beautiful way to put it, Olivia. But let's consider this. Can the tone be adaptable enough to cater to various audiences? Interesting point, Jiwoo. The tone should be primarily derived from brand identity, so there must be a certain degree of consistency. However, adapting it slightly to fit the audience could be strategic. For instance, a pitch to millennial entrepreneurs could be light-hearted and passionate, while one to seasoned investors could lean more toward the authoritative and business-like. What are your thoughts, Olivia? I agree, Chris. We certainly can't expect a one-size-fits-all tone to work with every audience. As much as consistency is important, versatility matters too. But this requires deep understanding of the audience you're pitching to, and a bit of practice and finesse to switch tones without losing your core message. You're right, versatility really matters. But there's a thin line between adaptation and losing the essence of your brand. We should ensure that in the quest to adapt, we don't stray too far away from our core identity. Excellent insights. So, it's all about finding a balance between maintaining your brand's tone and adapting it to resonate with your audience, an art we all need to master. So, what tips would you have, Chris, for making a powerful introductory pitch? One technique I often use is the framing story. Essentially, it's a personal story that relates to your business. However, remember, it's not about you. The purpose is to communicate why the problem you're solving is critical and deserves attention. It lets you demonstrate evidence of the problem's existence, often appealing to emotions. This can create an emotional bond between you and the investors, making them more receptive to your ideas. I love that method. Can you share an example, Chris? Sure. For instance, if I was creating an app that provides mental wellness solutions, I might start with a story about a friend who struggled with mental health due to work stress, then lead into how this inspired me to search for solutions, culminating in the birth of my startup. The narration this way reels investors in, making them empathize, understand and ultimately engage with whatever follows. That sounds powerful. 
Any bonus tips on time management and handling pressure? Absolutely. My foremost advice, be concise. Time is often limited. Use it to deliver your key messages. Second, rehearse, but don't sound over-rehearsed. Remember, it's a conversation, not a monologue. Finally, pressure is inevitable. Find a routine to calm nerves. Mine is deep breathing. Can't share a one-size-fits-all solution, but the trial-and-error approach usually helps discover what works for you. Thanks, Chris. I agree. Everyone finds their own way of managing pressure. It's important to recognize that, to craft a persuasive pitch, we need not only the right content, but also the skills and strategies for effective presentation. Your insights have been really helpful today. All right, we've now opened the floor for live questions from our listeners. Bearing in mind what we discussed today, let's get straight into it. Any standout questions? Here's a question from Nita in California. She asks, we're a B2B SaaS startup. Do you think storytelling is just as critical in our situation, given our end users are not individual consumers, but businesses? Great question, Nita. While B2B can be different from B2C in many ways, remember that you're ultimately pitching to people, not businesses. People connect with stories, regardless of whether they're making decisions for themselves or for their company. So, yes. Storytelling can be a differentiating factor even in B2B situations. Exactly, Olivia. Storytelling humanizes your B2B company, making it more relatable. Plus, good storytelling can simplify complex offerings, making them easy to understand. Next question, Jiwoo. What is your suggestion if your personal story doesn't directly align with the nature of your startup's product or service? Asks Amir from Ontario. Well, Amir. While a personal story can make a powerful hook, it isn't the only way to approach your pitch. Instead, focus on finding a story that resonates with the problem you're solving or the solution you're offering. It can even be a story of how you notice the problem in the industry and your journey to tackling it. Couldn't agree more, Chris. The ultimate goal is to present a compelling narrative that conveys the value and uniqueness of your startup, personal or not. This has been a great discussion. We appreciate the thoughtful questions from our listeners. They've turned the conversation into an even more insightful discussion.